You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter. Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Subscribe on YouTube as well where we are streaming live right now. Check us out there. Hang with us every Friday as we go over the injury report and the latest news and notes around the Green Bay Packers. Let's start with those injuries because we have a surprise injury in this case, uh, and that is uh, the center who had been starting for the Green Bay Packers, rookie Josh Myers, is going to be out for this game. And that is a surprise because... Tom Silverstein, among others, suggested that given what he was doing in practice, that he did not seem like someone who was not going to play. Now, some of that is body language doctoring and some of that is is just sort of trying to read the tea leaves here. But they're in a position here for the Packers. Elton Jenkins, questionable. So they've got a lot of options as to how they can put this team together. So uh, the the easiest thing, I think, is to say, Elton Jenkins, you're going to play center. Yash Nijman has been doing the the job at left tackle for a couple weeks now. He's probably been preparing all week to play left tackle. And so that seems like the logical fit. John Runyon Jr. has played well at left guard. And you just swap in. For continuity's sake, you just swap in Elton Jenkins. And he's a he's a pro caliber center. I mean, he is a terrific center. Wherever you put him, you are going to get high-level play. So it doesn't matter left tackle or, or center. From a continuity standpoint, that part of this does matter. So you have a a opportunity to to keep that continuity. And rather than put him at left tackle and then swap in Lucas Patrick, and now you've got essentially two new starters. Now, old, new, I mean, Jenkins is the old starter. Uh, So, you know, there's a lot of different ways that they could go with this. The other option is you play him at left tackle because that is the most valuable place that you can play him. And you put Lucas Patrick in at center. I mean, I think that is that is a more than viable option for the Green Bay Packers because Lucas Patrick has played a bunch of backup center before. He's one of the best backup offensive linemen in football and was was a pretty good uh, starting guard last year for the Packers. Solid. I mean, he's he's pretty good. Uh, lost his job in this case this this year, but as a backup center. In a one or a two game uh, absence for for your starter, Josh Myers has been really good. By the way, top ten in pass block win rate, top ten in in run block win rate. Lucas Patrick is going to be solid. He's not going to he's not going to hurt you. You can put him in, and you can put Elton Jenkins at the most valuable position that he can play, which is left tackle. I I frankly don't don't know which direction Matt Lafleur is going to go. I mean, there are a lot of options here. And I okay, I'll, I say a lot. There are two options, really, because I don't think you you're not going to put him at left guard because now you're taking John Runyon Jr. off the field and you're putting a backup in Lucas Patrick in who lost his job to John Runyon Jr. So 
that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I think you either play Elton Jenkins at left tackle and have Lucas Patrick play center, or you have Jenkins play center and, and you keep Josh Najman at left tackle. The Bengals front, they've got DJ Reader in the middle. He is an excellent, excellent nose tackle. And then they've got guys on the edge, Trey Hendrickson, um, Sam Hubbard. These guys are, are real. They're, they're real edge players who can create problems for your offense. And now the Packers have a, they have a blueprint for this. They have a game plan for this. We've seen it over the last couple of weeks. You can protect Yash. And as long as your interior is playing well, and it has, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Now they haven't been able to run the ball the way that they want to. And that, and that I think is another reason why maybe you put Elton in the center and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to run at these guys. We're going to put our best offensive lineman on the field against the, the guy who makes the biggest difference for you inside, which is reader, his ability to eat blocks creates one-on-one matchups for those guys on the outside. The other, the other injury is Jair Alexander. We got the update from Matt LaFleur and the update is no surgery, which is a great update to get no surgery. That doesn't mean we have a timeline. We don't. Jair is going to be out this week. We know that. Or we're pretty sure of that. Um, and we don't know the timeline beyond that. Could be four weeks. Could be six weeks. Could be 12 weeks. If you have Jair Alexander back for December, January, that's all that matters. This team, barring craziness, barring, you know, Rodgers gets hurt, Adams gets hurt, Jones gets hurt. They're going to get to like 10 and 7 at least. And they're going to win this division. They're going to make the playoffs. This is the worst division in the league. I don't think Justin Fields being the starter changes that for for Chicago. And the Vikings are just a mess. So who knows what to do with them? You need Jair healthy at the back end of the season. That's what you need him for. And he's going to come back ready to go. I mean, he's he's not going to you're not going to you don't worry about rust with him. But the Packers have to put together a cornerback group for for this week. It sounds like T. Higgins is good to go. So this uh, Bengals receiving core is ready. They're healthy. They're explosive. Okay, they're not really explosive. Jamar Chase is explosive. Jamar Chase can win down the field. Tyler Boyd, not so much. T. Higgins, not so much. Those guys are not going to create a lot of separation. So... Kevin King cleared concussion protocol. Chris Barnes cleared concussion protocol. So you're going to get two starters back. And essentially, Eric Stokes becomes your replacement for Jair Alexander. He was already a de facto starter. So you you have to feel pretty good about the health of the defense outside of Jair Alexander. You're going to need your safeties to play really well and really disciplined in this game. There's just there's just no two ways about it. A lot of the quarters coverage we're going to see. I think you're going to see a lot of cover two, more of that than than man potentially. But you have the these are these are the kinds of receivers you want if you're Green Bay because T Higgins, not a great route runner, not quick in and out of breaks. He's trying to out muscle out physical you. Jamar Chase, he is fast down the field, but also not a great route runner. Does not create a lot of separation yet. He has the physical ability to do it, but he hasn't been able to show he can do it yet. And Tyler Boyd in the slot, he can create some opportunities, but he's not going to kill you down the field. So you, I think you have to just trust Shannon Sullivan there. No more of this Kevin King in the slot experiment. That's not happening this week. You got to put Shannon Sullivan in there for Boyd. 
And I think that that's who puts you in pretty good position. And, and the reason you can't put Kevin King in the slot is you don't have that third corner. You don't have that other boundary guy. You're not going to put Shannon Sullivan out there. You're not going to put Shamar Jean Charles out there. You're, you're probably not going to put Russell Douglas out there on one week of practice. So I think you have to keep Kevin King on the boundary. And that's okay because you, you want a big corner on these receivers. I think this group, if there's a week to match up well without Jair Alexander, this is the week. Not because they, these guys don't have talent, but just from a skill set standpoint, I think this, this works for them. This makes sense for them. And, and it fits with, with the kind of traits that the Packers cornerbacks have. So when you look at the spray chart and and friend of the podcast, America's guest, Jason Hirshhorn, tweeted this uh, today on Twitter that you, you look at Joe Burrow's spray chart via next gen stats. Almost everything is within 10 yards, except for three or four times a game, they take the shot and they have hit the shot once a game, basically, and scored on it. That is, I don't want to say that is enough, but that can be enough in a game where your defense is without its best player and arguably its second best player in Zedaria Smith. So the, the Packers defense, their margin for error every week that they lose these guys, it just gets smaller and smaller. So you have to play more disciplined. You have to play a little bit more aggressive. We'll see. Does Joe Barry want to blitz Joe Burrow? Does he want to confuse Joe Burrow? The, the, the Bengals are going to go to a lot of spread. And you know what a lot of teams do? A lot of defenses do when teams go to spread? They blitz. We're going to pressure you. We're going to say, okay, you're going to go five-man protection. We're going to bring, we know you don't have the guys to block it. So we're going to bring one more and we're going to make you get the ball out quickly. And we don't think that you can press the ball down the field when that happens. I think this is a heavy pressure game. This is a, we're bringing corners. We're bringing five. We're bringing uh, linebackers, double A gap mug pressure and trying not only confuse Joe Burrow, but pressure him. And the I think the, the job that this defense has done and that Joe Barry has done over the last few weeks, I think has gone a little unnoticed in terms of being unique, finding ways to confuse. And, you know, someone like Ben Roethlisberger, he's seen a lot in his career. And the Packers found ways to, to get him to, to see ghosts a little bit. So, you know, you, you worry about Kevin King on Jamar Chase, no question about it. But that's why in cover two, press him, let him go, and then trust Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos to make those plays and, and dare. I think this is a heavy cover two week. Dare Joe Burrow to make turkey hole shots. Dare him to hit those hole shots on the sidelines. Dare him to drive throws to the sidelines. Dare him. And I, I don't think consistently that he'll be able to do it. I think this is this is a good week to ease into a post-Jair life, at least for a while, because of what they can do. Now, the, on the other side, the Bengals, Joe Mixon has not practiced all week. He's going to try to practice on Saturday. Even if he can go, he is going to be a shell of himself. So you have to be able to stop the run and get them in the down and distances where they have to go empty, where they have to go shotgun, where they have to try and push the ball down the field a little bit more than they would otherwise want to. You know, when you have Samaje Ryan behind Joe Mixon, that is a pretty big drop off. Even if I like Ryan as a player, he's a nice backup running back. He's not Joe Mixon. 
He doesn't have the versatility that Joe Mixon has. He doesn't have the pass catching and and juice in the open field, the ability to make guys miss, to run over guys, to run routes as a running back. He doesn't have those same traits. So it changes what you can do offensively. You either need to play more 11 personnel. You need to go to more heavy personnel and spread the field. There's some different options there, but he is a dynamic weapon that they could potentially be without. Xavier Suofilo is out. So you're you're playing a backup guard. Um, Austin Carmen, the second round pick, is going to have to play. That's already been a thing this year. Um, and it sounds like Trey Hopkins, the center, is, is going to be good to go. But he's banged up. And you've got Kenny Clark, who's playing at a Pro Bowl level against those guys, especially from empty. If you can create interior pressure without blitzing, you have such a big advantage because, yes, Joe Burrow, he can bail one way or another. But a lot of what you want to do out of empty on these quick throws, slants, little little inbreakers, And so to try and get the ball out, if you've got pressure in your face, that creates some pretty serious problems for not only just like getting the ball out, but potentially blocking where you want to go with the ball. And this is this makes this a, a particularly big week for someone like Kenny Clark because he can wreck this game. If he dominates his matchup, he can wreck this game. He is the guy to watch in this game for me because he can take over this game. He can dominate this game. Backup running back, a team that wants to go to empty, and you've got backup offensive linemen. Just attack. Go forward. That was the that was the the message from his defensive line coach. Don't worry about going side to side. Attack vertically, push the pocket, and and deposit these guys in Joe Burrow's lap. If he can do that a couple two three times in this game, to quote the great Charlie Barons, uh, then I, I think he can be really impactful in this game. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked on Packers your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season with a new site, new interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. Football, basketball, boxing, uh, lost. Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, before we get to questions, and we're already getting some questions in the comments. Uh, hit the hit the comment section if you have questions. And if you're not watching on YouTube, why are you not? I'm I'm talking to you. We're we're having a conversation here. Russell Wilson is out six to eight weeks, reportedly a month to six to eight weeks with what they're calling mallet finger. And the reason I bring this up now is uh, the Packers play the Seahawks in six to eight weeks. And so if you're trying to game out the schedule, if you got to play Geno Smith, that looks very different than if you have to play Russell Wilson. Now, the Packers have quietly owned Russell Wilson, since, uh, uh, let's say, 2015, I won't be any more specific than that. But since then, the Packers have basically owned Seattle. And especially at Lambeau. It, the games haven't even, in a lot of cases, been that close. 
So it's just something to keep an eye on. It's never too early to be be feeling out the competition. I think it's a little too early to be scoreboard watching in terms of the standings because so much can happen, especially with the extra week. But to try and figure out, okay, if, if Geno Smith has to start for a month, six weeks, eight weeks, I mean, that's a big deal. And not only that, they, they're giving up their first round pick. So, I mean, they could be giving up a top 15 kind of pick to the Jets for Jamal Adams. And even that would, to me, would be too much. But they give up two of those. They give up two first round picks to get Jamal Adams. And I don't know, is Jamal Adams one of the 10 best safeties in the league? I don't, I don't even know. Is he a modern? I just don't love that. So it's a, it's, it was potentially good news for the Packers, even though you never, you're not cheering for injuries. You're not rooting for injuries, none of that stuff, but it does affect Green Bay. And so I think that has to be something that we talk about. So let's start with, with this. And it's a question that I'm sure we're going to get a lot of how much Jalen Smith do you think we see on Sunday? Um, and the follow-up is if Campbell and Jalen play well, do we extend them? Those are, those are very interesting questions, both. Um, right now, Devondre Campbell is, is playing for an extension, no doubt. Now, the problem is the 2022 cap sheet is a mess. The good news is the cap spike is coming in 2023. The Packers have a lot of money that comes off the books in 2023. And so you could, you could get cute with signing bonuses. He plays for the veteran minimum in 2022 with signing bonuses. So he gets a bunch of that money up front and they can spread out the cost. Not crazy to think that at all. Jalen Smith says he's still an elite linebacker. Said it multiple times in his interview with the Packers media. He is still an elite player. Now, opinions are going to vary on that. I don't think he's an elite player anymore. He was for about a season and a half. Can he still cover? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, digging into him a little bit more. The run fits are a mess. Now, if, you, if, you're, if you're being optimistic here, Joe Barry, former linebackers coach, He's got Oren Burks playing good football. He's got Devontae Campbell playing the best football of his life. Chris Barnes. So it's not, I don't think it's impossible at all for the Packers to feel like they could recapture some of this magic. Mike Smith, outside linebackers coach, said there may be some situations where they use Jalen as a blitzer. They've gone to some of these three inside linebacker looks. Now they say that was part of the game plan based on uh, matchups for the, for the Steelers. It's... We don't think you can throw the ball down the field, and so we don't really care. And we know you want to go, you know, you want to run the ball with Najee and throw it to Najee, and we got to make sure that we have a, a plan for Najee Harris. There are some interesting things they can do with Jalen Smith. He can still move. Now, I had a, a listener reach out that was like, you're talking about Jalen Smith like he's, you know, 40, and he's only 26. Okay, that's true. You know who else is 26? Kevin King. And he looks like a shell of his former self from an athleticism standpoint. Jalen Smith does not look like a shell of his former self. The more I watched, the more I realized the athleticism by and large is still there. It's that he doesn't always know where to go. He doesn't always know where he needs to be. The instincts are not always great. That's something that you 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 wonder about to me the most important thing a linebacker can have is instincts that's just what it is so if if i don't think you know where you're going i just don't have any faith in you as a player now he is a beloved guy huge in the locker room a leader in the locker room um terrific guy 
So he is a boon to your locker room in that way, a boon to your team from a character standpoint, all that stuff. And that stuff matters, by the way. But if if all he's doing is giving to giving you, you know, the, the Oren Burks role, but better, you know, the OK, we're going to play him in nickel dime kind of situations where he can cut run and cover and blitz. Great. Great. Chris Barnes in base, Jalen Smith in, in nickel and dime. Great. Sign me up. And there's going to be some big nickel, you know, situation. They take a defensive lineman off the field. They throw in another, an extra linebacker. I love that. I love that. Especially against some of these teams that want to run the ball, that can't that can't challenge you vertically. Maybe it's a way to, to defend Kyler Murray. You know, a lot of these 3-3-5 three, three, looks in college, that's how they're defending spread and mobile quarterbacks and all that stuff. Get as many guys on the field who can run, not just rush. You know, you're going to mush rush Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson is another one of those guys you might just want to mush rush. Russell Wilson might not play. So, uh. but Jalen Smith, there is a role here. I mean, there is there is a pathway to him being something, to being something meaningful. Uh, another question here. Would you like to see Hill play more in the jet sweeps? And do you think Funches comes back? I don't think Funches comes back. They don't need... They don't need to manufacture ways to get Kylan Hill on the field. There, there are enough good players that the Packers already play regularly to feel like they don't need to do that with Kylan Hill. They don't need to get cute with Kylan Hill. I'd like to see them run jet sweeps with the guys who are already playing. Let's see them hand the ball to Amari Rodgers on the jet. Let's see them hand the ball to Randall Cobb on the jet. Let's see them hand the ball to Aaron Jones on the jet. They did that against the 49ers last year when they made the whole offense out of Aaron Jones. They made the whole plane out of Aaron Jones. That that is something that they can go to more. And I think as we see more of these, these offensive linemen come back, Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, they can play a more traditional game. And by traditional, I mean more what we saw last year. Jet motion, heavy play action, outside zone, inside zone, do like all, all of the things that they can do in the run game and the and the play action game can be back. I think that that what we're seeing right now is a function of the injuries. And that's something that they're they're worried about. I still think they could give the jet more than they have frankly, and I still think they could use play action more than they have, but their concern, and I'm sure Rodgers is part of this, is they don't want to turn their back to the defense. I get that. Um, I, I I don't think they need to be as worried about it as they are, but like I said, I don't, I don't think Kylan Hill, you need to manufacture touches for him. Kick return is great um, for him, and then he just in the, in the course of the game, he might get a couple running back reps, but A.J. Dillon is playing well enough that he deserves more time. And we talked about this earlier in the week, right? That that he, as a runner, was better than Aaron Jones last week. More productive. And I thought just sort of fit what they wanted to do there better. And that, that frees you up to do some interesting things with Aaron Jones. Swing motion. Jet motion. Hey, let's try that. Haven't seen it yet. That would be fun. The, the pony personnel, they can do a lot. Split them out. Let them run routes. I mean, he's he's really proved himself to be a valuable player in the passing game. You don't have to, you don't have to split them out only from spread. Only from empty. You don't have to do that. So I th- there's other ways that they can use him. Uh, so another question here. Um, Rodgers off play action hasn't been what we've seen from him the last two seasons. Is that an O-line thing with the injuries? Or do you think that that is something that the stats about Rodgers missing deep? I wrote about this for the leap this week. Um, so subscribers already know the answer to this. But 
Um, the play action game has has decreased in a considerable way. And Rodgers has not played as well off play action this year as he did last year. Part of that is they're not hitting the deep shots that they hit last year. That's going to happen. Um, you're, you're, that's probably going to regress. They're going to hit some of that stuff. MBS is probably going to come back in a week. And so you're less worried about it. You know, if he hits Big Bob Tunyon for a wide open touchdown against the Steelers, we're probably not wondering about it. Um, if he hits MVS on one of the, the plays a couple weeks ago, we're probably not wondering about it. It's a small sample size early. Now, they haven't done it as much. I do think it is a function of the offensive line. They haven't done it as much. I do think they could still be doing it more theoretically. Theoretically, um, play action can protect your offensive line because defensive linemen who are pinning their ears back to go get Aaron Rodgers, if they feel like they have to play run first, it might slow them down a half step and give Rodgers the extra time he needs that he might not have otherwise on a straight drop. So just something to keep in mind. I know that that is in theory uh, and not as not always as easy to put into practice. I totally get that. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Celebrate freedom of choice. Coconut, cherry barcia. Mm. Cherry Barcia is legit really good. Cookies and cream, German chocolate, salted caramel, double chocolate. One of my favorites. They all taste incredible. And somehow, I don't get it, but somehow they're all high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. These things are delicious. When I run out, I, I have a little bit of a freak out because I, I just sort of like, well, I always eat these when I'm hungry because I can I can feel good about eating them and they taste delicious. Like if I need something, if I need a snack, I'm opening my my cabinet and I'm going to one of two places, Built Bar or just the cheese because they're they're delicious and not going to make me feel bad about eating them. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Um, question here, what kind of coverage uh, will, will the Packers play? I said early in the stream, and I know that everyone was not here for the whole one, um, a lot of two deep safeties because you don't want to give them the big play, especially with Kevin King out there. I think a lot of cover two this week, a lot of cover two. Press them at the line. Do not let uh, Joe Burrow get the ball out quickly. Make him drive the ball into the sidelines. Make them attack the middle of the field where Devondre Campbell has been so good, where they have really good safeties. I think that's a really good option because they don't have CJ Uzama is a nice player. He's a nice player. The, the thing that really beats cover two is a tight end who can run the seam. If you can challenge in the seam, you have a chance to beat up cover two. No Joe Mixon and someone like Tyler Eifert in his prime, you could, you could beat the crap out of cover two. They don't have those guys. Joe Mixon unlikely to play, and Ozama just not not that kind of player. So uh, that that's how I would approach it. They haven't they haven't played a ton of true two this year, but with the two deep safeties, I think it's something they could go to more. Frankly, I think we could see them play uh, you know a decent amount of man coverage because this this is not a group outside of Tyler Boyd that can get open. It's just not. I mean, even you, you make all the jokes you want about Kevin King. They're just, it's not a great team at getting open. And I think, uh, I, I just, I'm interested in in how they're going to play it. They have, they have been very diverse 
in the way that they have deployed coverages this year. I think they're going to continue to be diverse because you have to be. You, you have to, in a game like this, you have to be able to use pre and post snap disguise to make Joe Burrow hesitate. Because if he knows what you're in before the snap, he's going to figure out where to go and he's going to put an accurate ball. He's so accurate. He plays with such good rhythm that you, you have to be able to get him to think, oh, wait, I thought the safety was going to be there and now he's here. Or I thought the linebacker was going to drop here and now he's here. Or I thought they wouldn't pass that off and they did. And so now I don't have a window and all of a sudden here is Rashawn Gary in my lap. That has to be the game plan. And I think that's the way that that you really uh, attack this team. Uh, we need Stokes to blossom even quicker than he is. I, what is even quicker? He's been terrific. Eric Stokes has been terrific. I mean, he's already think about the other think about the other teams in the Packers division. Eric Stokes would be the best corner on the Detroit Lions. Think about that. He would be probably the second best corner on the Bears. The Vikings? I mean, their secondary is kind of a mess. Patrick Peterson gets the, the sort of like legacy award. Cam Dantzler, up and down. I mean, just think about that for a second. He's been really, really good. And, and you know there's so much still that you can get from him. There's so much that you can get from him. A couple a couple plays on the ball. I mean, he's just got to feel comfortable attacking. Could have had a pick six against Pittsburgh. Could have had a couple interceptions against San Francisco. Oliver Davis did a great breakdown for us. His, his Stokes personal defensive backs coach broke down tape for us on the leap. Awesome, awesome breakdown from him. And he was just like, yeah, he should have, he had, he had a couple pass breakups. He should have had two or three interceptions. That's the, that's the level he can get to. He can be, cause he, he's just always in position to make plays on the ball. Always, always Joe Burrow last year threw some picks. Maybe I, I think you might need to get one or two this week, but I think offensively green Bay can do enough. Offensively green Bay can do enough to win this game. But I, th- I think the defense is going to have some issues, you know, no Jair, I said yesterday, 30 to 28. I still like that. I, this is a dangerous game for Green Bay. I don't think the Bengals are as good as three and one. They haven't really played anybody. They should have lost to the Vikings. And so then, you know, that immediately makes them two and two. They very easily could have lost to the Jaguars. Now they have the extra time, the extra rest. I just, I don't believe in, in Zach Taylor. And I, I really want to see it, see more from this defense when the Bengals have played a good offense this season. And that's really only one time the Vikings lit them up, lit them up. And so if, if that's going to be the case, if that's really what their defense is and they're, and they're really just like living off the, the Andy Dalton, Justin Fields numbers and the Trevor Lawrence numbers and the Ben Roethlisberger numbers, I, I, I'm not a believer in this defense yet. I think the front is pretty good. I think the rest of it outside of Jesse Bates is pretty meh. And I think Green Bay can exploit it. Uh, so I got the Packers. I don't, I would not bet. I would not bet on it in terms of like the cover. If you're going to bet money line stuff at betonline.ag, uh, feel free. I, I, I don't, I don't love the number. Uh, the number has actually come down. It was minus three and a half. It's now three. Um, and uh, I, I definitely don't like it with the hook. I think thirty to twenty-eight, but I could I could see I could see a more comfortable win potentially if Cincinnati is really is really not that great. 
it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a fun game. And we're going to be right back here to talk about it next week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Subscribe to the Leap. 